We're in a series called Give Me Jesus. It's all we need. In our house, the Ingram household, we all have certain roles. I am the jar opener guy. Anyone else out there? Come on, hit the like button. That's you. Somebody comment. Anyone else? The finder. That's also my role. These are very important roles. Jar jar opener and the finder. Uh, if it's lost in our house, I will find it. I just have a seeing, a keen sense of observing, and I just find stuff. Uh, it's probably because I've been practicing finding stuff for 40 plus years on the golf course. As my ball goes hiding, I have such a rebellious golf ball. It goes hiding into the trees. It goes hiding into the water, and I go looking for it, and I find it. My wife, Christine, she has some other roles and they sound a little bit better than my role. She's, first of all, the medic uh, because she has a medical background, but also because she's not terrified of blood like me and needles. <laughs> she's also the calmer downer. Do you have the calmer downer in your household? She just makes chaotic things, situations. She brings them to order and they, everyone calm down. There's a way out of this. In our family, all we need is for the right person to do the right thing, and then it just works that way for our family. Everybody does their role. Well, I'm here today to tell you Jesus has a role. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is the soul finder, the door opener. Jesus is the calm, and make no doubt about it, Jesus is the only thing, the absolute thing that the world needs now. So as for me and my household, we're going all in on Jesus, and I'm inviting you to come with us. We've tried everything else, but we just need Jesus. So today I want to turn to his word. I want to turn to the stories of Jesus. That's what we're doing in this series called Give Me Jesus. Just looking at the stories of Jesus and allowing them to speak truth to us. To understand more of what I mean today, what I want to show you is the authority of Jesus. So today's message is entitled, the stability of authority. Can I say it again? The stability of authority. And what I want to share with you is uh, hopefully very helpful to all of us because it feels like we have been on shifting sands, the news, everything changing day by day, and we can't seem to get just stable and moving forward. So it's the authority of Jesus that will bring us stability. To do that, we're going to look at Mark chapter 1. Uh, Mark chapter 1. If you have a Bible, want to get it out. If you got a phone app, take that out. Uh, but I'd love for you to see the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. If you're brand new to the church, Mark is a book in the Bible. Uh, Mark wrote down an eyewitness account of Jesus' time here on earth, and it's saved for us in the Bible so that we can read it today. Here we go. Mark chapter 1, verse 21. They, this is Jesus and the disciples, went to Capernaum, Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue. So this is the church of the day. He went to church and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Verse 23, just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus speaks. He said, be quiet. Sternly he speaks this. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were also amazed. Other versions of the Bible say they were astonished that they asked each other, 
What is this? A new teaching. And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. Verse 28 is notable. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And it's not really the point of today's message, but you should know when God moves and his authority is on the earth, news will spread like a wildfire. Probably shouldn't use that term considering what's going on in our world, but you understand what I'm saying. Well, as we look at Mark chapter one, I wonder, did you see it? Did you see what's happening? There's something very distinctive set apart about Jesus. The people notice it. The teachers of the law notice it. Even evil spirits notice. Jesus isn't just like any other talking head. He's not just sounding like the same noise over and over and over and over again. Jesus speaks and people notice. They're like, hey, you aren't like anything I've ever heard before. Certainly not like the teachers of the law. I want to look at each of these three groups that I'm kind of mentioning here today. The teachers of the law, the people, and really their response, and even the evil spirits. So first, let's look at the teachers of the law. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. What did the teachers of the law teach? Go ahead. You can write into the comments. You can talk out loud to your neighbor. What did the teachers of the law teach? <laughs> law. That's what they taught. So I'm going to pretend like I'm a teacher of the law. Here we go. So when the scriptures say if you have a boil or a festering wound, Leviticus tells us we need to, and I quote Leviticus 13 verses 9 through 15, any of you with a skin disease must be brought to a priest if he discovers that the sore spot is white with pus and that the hair around it has also turned white, he will say, this is leprosy. You are unclean and must stay away from everyone else. But if the disease has run its course and only the scars remain, he will say, you are clean. If the sore comes back and turn white with pus, <laughs> he will say, this is leprosy. You are unclean. Now, just for I, I just want you to know, I'm not laughing at the word of God. I'm laughing at myself. My impersonations are terrible. Uh, but this is the word of God. And this is what the teachers of the law would teach. I mean, Hearing this piece of scripture, Leviticus, that we just read, does anyone else have like a visceral reaction? Like, oh my word. Number one, first of all, it's just kind of gross. Talking about hairs turning white and pus. Pus is one of those words like moist or diarrhea, just words we do not like, okay? But number two, speaking of diarrhea, number two, just in this one section, so many rules and regulations to follow. Hey, if you feel this way, go to the priest. The priest is going to look at you. And if he sees your arm like this condition, you're unclean. You've got to go in quarantine. If it's not, then you're okay, but come back another time. And there's rules and regulations. Does any of this feel to any of you like today? Like COVID? Do this, do that. Don't do this. You got to quarantine. You are unclean. You better put on a mask. You better wash your hands. Unclean. Ugh. It's tiring. Well, for generations, the people have been taught repeatedly, sometimes harshly, the letter of the law. Jesus walks into the synagogues, like the one he's in in Capernaum, and begins to state the spirit of the law, the why. The law was to show you your captivity. I have come to set you free to show you that the law's purpose was to protect you and to express love to others and to set you apart as a blessed people so that 
you might bless others and lead them into a loving relationship with a father. It's like as Jesus spoke, their world was suddenly, their eyes opened up before them. Oh my goodness, this is what these teachings mean. I understand. Imagine if Sunday after Sunday, you uh, joined me here online or showed up to church and I told you the letter of the law over and over. You better give. You better not lust. Don't cuss. Stop wearing socks with sandals. <laughs> over time, can you imagine how dull we would all become? Just droning on and on about the law, the law, the law. How lifeless faith would be. Well, apparently... That was the very condition of the people in this scene that we read in Mark chapter 1. Lifeless. Another day at synagogue. More teaching. Blah, blah, blah. No one being transfixed by the communicator, much less transformed by what they are hearing. And then steps in Jesus. And you can just imagine this. Think bone dry soul converging with the deep well of refreshing. That's what's happening so distinct was Jesus' teaching that the Bible records that the people are amazed. They're astonished. In other words, it wasn't like, hmm, interesting or yawn, I'm falling asleep. It's more like, whoa, what I am hearing is stirring my soul. It's life changing. So why were they astonished? I'll tell you why. Because the authority of Jesus is astonishing. Write it down. The authority of Jesus makes us go, Whoa, Jesus doesn't teach like the others. The others, the teachers of the law, they're passing along what has been taught to them. They're more likely to say, hey, I've heard it said, the rabbi who taught me uh, heard from his rabbi who heard from the rabbi before him. I've heard it said this way. Jesus would simply say, I say unto you. Even today, when I preach to you, just like I'm doing right now, the, I would say something like, the Bible says, or Jesus said. I want to tell you this. Jesus doesn't quote anybody. He's the body everybody quotes. Jesus isn't a copying source. He is the source. He's not a repeater. He's the creator. He's the original mouthpiece. Listen, somehow the people knew almost instantly as Jesus began to speak, this man has the right to be speaking about this. There was a weight to his word, a gravitas. Their souls were moved. They didn't know exactly why, but they knew they were in the presence of greatness. I don't know if you've ever watched any of these singing competitions like The Voice or American Idol. Uh, I can't believe how long that show has lasted. But occasionally in one of the seasons, one of the competitors will be a, a Christian uh, person. Uh, sometimes a worship leader, sometimes just a Christian who happens to have an incredible voice. And eventually, somewhere in the competition, they break out in a song that is fully, completely about the glory and presence of God. And you've heard these songs, Waymaker, Amazing Grace. I can only imagine. I've seen them sing these songs, and the same thing happens every time. They're used to secular song, secular song, another song from the world, and then boom, somebody sings about the glory of God and the entire room changes. The judges have a sudden respect, not only for the song, but also for the singer. There's no other explanation about that change except that the presence, the person, and authority of God has arrived, and somehow our spirits 
Because we are connected to God in creation, we just know it, we sense it, and we respect it. The judges do, the people in the room, everything changes. The room always changes when the boss walks in. And when Jesus walks in with his authority, the room changes. When Jesus speaks, souls whose embers are barely glowing soon become a bright, powerful, useful flame that warms the spirit and attracts the downtrodden. When Jesus speaks, minds that have been deluded by years of misinformation and tedium are suddenly alert to the impending kingdom of God unfurling across the planet. Eyes that have been blinded by shame, by shock, are opened anew to the vibrancy of life amidst the chaos all around us. The letter of the law, the letter of the law does this. It says like, hey, here's the issue. This is what's wrong. Here's the problem. It sounds a lot like my social media feed. Look at this bad thing or look at what this person did or didn't do. This is the problem, 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 problem. When Jesus speaks, this is what he says. I know the answer. Here is the solution. I am the answer. I provide the way. I provide the solution. And when, when Jesus speaks in this scripture, truth and authority reverberate throughout the synagogue to the extent that an evil spirit all of a sudden causes a ruckus. Just like, boom, here's this evil spirit. I, I want to point out some truths of what the authority of God does to the enemy. And this is where the stability that I want to offer to you comes from. And if this is what God does, I want to interact and be near the authority of God because of what he does to the enemy. So three things. Number one, the manifest authority of God reveals the enemy. Somebody say reveals. Type it in the comments. Hit the like button. I need to know that you're here and paying attention. The manifest authority of God reveals the enemy. So in this scripture, the authority of God arrives and it causes the devil to cry out through a man sitting in the synagogue. I wonder how many synagogue services had this evil spirit sat through thinking, I don't need to say a thing. These people have come today in bondage and they will leave in bondage. I don't need to move a muscle. Now, I hope this doesn't sound strange and I don't ever want to provoke the devil, but how many religious experiences have we sat through where the enemy felt no need to intervene? I want you to know the presence of the authority of Jesus will not let that happen. The enemy was in hiding, but because God showed up in Jesus, the authority of God flushed the enemy out of hiding. And this is good news. And you may be like, what? Wouldn't it be better if the enemy were just to stay in hiding? Like, just stay over there. We don't want to know you exist. La, 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 la. Wrong. That's not what we want. We want the enemy to be revealed because when the enemy is revealed, when the enemy is forced out of hiding by the authority of Jesus, it's like finding out you have an illness you didn't know you had. It may at first appear as bad news, like, oh my goodness, I have this issue. But in the end, it's great news because you didn't know you were sick, but now you know you've been granted revelation and can address the issue. As they say, knowing is half the battle. When I read the word of God, which is the authority of God, it reveals my soul condition. Watching Jeopardy, playing some sports, watching the NFL, they don't reveal my soul condition. Eating dinner at my favorite restaurant doesn't reveal my soul condition. Space Mountain doesn't do that, why? None of these things have authority. 
Only the authority of God brings out what's been hiding in me. Remember that if you want to check what's truly under your hood, what's going on in here, the word of God will do that for you. It will bless you. The authority of God brings out whatever's hiding, whatever's broken, whatever's evil. It reveals it. And that's a good thing because then we can deal with it. The second thing that begins to deal with it is this. The manifest authority of God threatens the enemy. The evil spirits to this point don't feel threatened by the teachers of the law. They feel quite comfortable to hang out, just kind of lounging around in the synagogue. Wee! But when Jesus arrives, notice what they say. Have you come to destroy us? wasn't like, hey, here's Jesus. They know immediately that they are in trouble. Have you come to destroy us? The way I think about this is like a bully who's taking the school playground hostage. He's flinging kids off the monkey bars. He's ball hogging, throwing dirt at people, and in general, just being a punk. And then walks in the PE teacher, big, strong. And this PE teacher happens to be loved by all. And you can almost see the bully melt like the game's up. You've been halted in your tracks by the PE coach, also known as, in this situation, the authority. You thought you had reign and rule over the playground, but the actual ruler of the playground, (laughs) in my case, the PE coach, he's here or she's here and they've taken command. You're not going to be able to do all of this punky stuff you used to do. I wonder today as you're sitting there listening to this, do you think that just maybe for you, for me, for all of us, there's a bully lingering around our souls, walking around in the sphere, uh, trying to influence us on a daily basis, saying to you like, you're worthless, you're bad at your job, you're ugly, you're alone, nobody likes you. Tell me this also in your life, is there any imposing opposing force that's threatening the evil lurking around you? Is there anything in your life to make the punk bully back down? Well, let me tell you, the authority of God does that. And finally, the manifest authority of God vanquishes the enemy. Don't you like that word? Vanquish. Jesus speaks, and that's all it takes. The devil shuts up, tucks tail, and runs. All Jesus does is speak. He didn't wrestle with the man who had the evil spirit, like, come out of him. He didn't ask others like, hey, shake the man until he has that evil spirit come out. He just says, be quiet, come out of him, done. When I was in high school, my best friend and I, his name was John Richard Finn III. It still is his name, but I called him Jack. We used to go play volleyball in Siesta Key about once a month. Over our high school years, we might have gone down there 20 or 30 times. I don't even know. Just me, my best friend, Jack, and a bag of oranges and a two liter of Sprite. That's what we did. It wasn't healthy, but that's what we did. We were decent. I mean, pretty good, but certainly not great. My friend Jack went on to play volleyball at the University of Notre Dame on their club team. So, I mean, we were good, but not great. Well, it's Siesta Key, there were three courts, and you had to play your way up to the best court. So you started over here on the sorry court, and if you won there, you got to go to the pretty good court. And if you won there, you got to go to the greatness court. And I'm telling you, in all of our times that we were there, we got to the great court maybe two or three times. 
Two or three times did we advance far enough. We won uh, some here and then we go here and we, we just back and forth, but barely ever did we get to the great court. And of all the times that we were there and all the times that we finally made it to the great court, we won on the great court one time. One time did we become champions of the entire beach. One time did we take down the big giants, like six foot two guys out there who look like beach bums, made to play beach volleyball. And there I am with my little freshman ninth grade arms. Wee, wee, wee. One time we got victory. It was so elating. It was awesome. The bad team took down the great team. Well, here's why I say all that. I want you to know something. The devil can never say that. Not once has the devil ever taken down the authority of God. The devil thought he won at the crucifixion of Jesus, but that was just halftime. The game wasn't over yet. Jesus arose from death, demonstrating once and for all his authority over sin and death. No one else has ever done that. That's why Jesus is so significant. There is no fight in the enemy when it comes to the authority of Jesus. This is an age-old battle, which is the same result 100% of the time. The devil never has, nor never will win this battle. Jesus speaks, victory assured. That's where stability comes from. I'll put it in a sentence. Stability in your life, the shifting sands gone away, feeling like you're on ice skates, all that goes away by authority. And authority comes to us by the word of God. So to close today, I want to answer the question that may arise in your spirit. How? Like, I get it. In Capernaum, Jesus walked in and his authority was there. The people are astonished. The devil flees. But it's 2,000 years later and I don't live in Capernaum. How do I get this authority in my life? Well, I have two options for you. The first one is community. Everyone type community. Somebody hit the like button. Somebody hit the share button. Go ahead. I just want you to engage. I need to know that you're hearing me. And secondly, life step one. Community and life step one. Really, life step one is a form of community, but then we also have community groups all throughout the church, meaning all throughout the area that you can become a part of. I've been inviting you to do one of these two things. You've tried everything else. You've tried a multitude of distractions, a multitude of self-help, get help, whatever, but it's only the authority of God, his ability to vanquish the enemy in your midst, to threaten the bully that's been lurking around you. It's only the authority of God that will stabilize your life as you search God's word in community with other people. You are invited. What do you have to lose? Better yet, just imagine what you have to gain. So please, right after this message is over, right after the worship, after the message, head to illuminate.church connect. This is so important. There you're going to find links to community and to be able to register for Life Step 1. Life Step 1 is the beginning of abundant life. It's understanding how God has called us to be disciples and not only that, disciple makers. If you want a significant life, a life that is stable, a life with purpose and abundance, it begins in discipleship and we're going to experience that together at Life Step 1. All of you are invited. Myself and my wife, Christine Ingram, will be teaching through Life Step 1, and I invite you. The first one is October 11th. You can find all the information at illuminate.church connect. 
If you're not able to make it to Life Step 1, I invite you to community. They meet all throughout the week, community groups. All of the groups will be listed at illuminate.church connect for you to find one in your area or maybe to find one that works at a better time for you. Multiple options, incredible. My wife and I are part of community groups and it's changed our lives. You've tried everything else. What do you have to lose? Again, I say better yet, what do you have to gain? Community, life step one, you're invited in. Let the authority of God bring stability to your life. Give me Jesus. Father, it's in his name, Jesus, that we come to you today. And I pray for all of those who are out there who are listening to this right now. They, they felt the shifting of the sands in the season. Where's stability? How can I get a foothold and move forward in my life? And you've come today to show us it's by your authority that we gain traction and move forward in our lives, defeating the enemy in all realms, in our thought life, in our physical life, even in our interactions with other human beings. And so, Lord, I bless the people with wisdom. I ask you to give them wisdom to engage with your authority through these community groups and through Life Step One. Lord, bring about life change. We, we don't want to just continue doing what doesn't work, but walking forward in community and in Life Step One. Lord, I'm believing for life change. And God, for all who are out there today, I pray blessing on them for their health, for their favor with their work, favor in their relationships. Lord, all we need is you and you Help us to flourish in all of these areas. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.